Hey guys, welcome along to a brand new episode of Hellmouth Hotline. Almost got the name wrong in this episode as well. I have got so many podcasts on the go at the minute. Um, we're getting into the Nightmare on Elm Street series again. Absolutely loving it. It's been a long time since I actually sat down and watched these movies back to back. And I'm really, really enjoying them this time, I have to say. So we're going to get into this one, which is... A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, The Dream Master. Alright, so this movie was released in 1998. And of course, obviously it's the fourth instalment in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. It was directed by Rennie Harlan and stars Robert England as Freddy Krueger celebrity status in a big bad way by the time they got to this film uh, also stars Lisa Wilcox Danny Hassel and uh, following the death of Nancy Thompson Kruger reappears in the dreams of Kristen Parker Joey Crusoe and Roland Kincaid the surviving kids from A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 Dream Warriors and uh, yes fairly quickly takes those guys out at the beginning of the movie um you know there's no beating about the bush in this movie uh year after the events of the previous film all the kids they've been released from the the western hills hospital they're back to their lives normal teenagers with their families Kristen believes freddy krueger will come back and when she dreams that she is in freddy's old boiler room she uses her powers once again summons Joey and Kincaid into the dreams. Kincaid and Joey, they're not happy. Uh, she's reverted back to her old ways. They're trying to get on with their lives as normal teenagers once again. Uh, they don't want to go back to the hospital. To keep her calm, they take her to the boiler, show her. This is in the dream, of course. You know, they take her to the boiler and they show her that it's, it's ice cold. Like, you know, Freddy's gone, he's not coming back he was buried in the last movie and uh, consecrated grave and everything holy water, the whole works, there's no way he can come back uh, Kristen also managed to summon Kincaid's dog into the dream uh, the dog jumps out of the boiler, bites Kristen and they all wake up in the rooms at the same time and she has the bite mark on her arm from inside the dream and Kincaid says you know you know, you brought my dog into the dream. You know, he's not going to be happy about it exactly the same way I'm not happy about it. You know, they're just, they're not believing her. They think Freddy's gone forever. Uh, the next day, Kristen meets up with her boyfriend. He's a martial arts enthusiast. Rick Johnson, played by Andreas Jones, I want to say. A-N-D-R-A-S, Andreas let's just go with that Andres Jones and their friends um, Rick's shy and quiet sister Alice Lisa Wilcox who will be the the main character in this movie Sheila an asthmatic genius and Debbie a tough girl who doesn't like bugs and that plays under her death scene later in the movie which is incredibly well done uh, Kincaid and Joey 
Of course, they confront Kristen at school about the dream. They tell her to let it go, that their days of fighting and dreams are over. And if she keeps going at it, she might accidentally bring Kruger back herself. Uh, that night, Kristen stays awake to keep herself from dreaming. But Kincaid, in his own room, he, in his own house, you know, he falls asleep. And he awakens in the junkyard, actually, in the boot of one of the cars, you know, where we found the remains of Freddy's skeleton in the last movie. Freddy has been accidentally resurrected. Uh, Kincaid puts up a good fight against Freddy. Of course, his dream power was the hard man, you know. But uh, Freddy gets the best, overpowers him. Kincaid screams for Kristen, but Freddy reaches him, kills him, for the first time, really killing people properly with the glove in the movies. You know, the glove gets a, you know, Sadie hasn't used the glove before, but uh, just thinking back over the other movies, you know, uh, the first death in the first movie was... uh, the girl was killed in her dreams, but we've seen it in the real world, so we've seen the slash coming down the chest and the stomach. Just opening up, but you didn't actually see the love going into her. And uh, I could be completely wrong about that. You know, just blasting out words right here and right now. You know, he has used the love, I'm pretty sure, up to this point, before this point. Um, Joey and his roommates sitting watching MTV listen to the music in his room and he begins to fall asleep but as he is about to fall asleep there's this model on one of his posters and uh, he's on a waterbed and of course you know the, you know, we're kind of used to the the dream world blending with reality in these movies but you know it's not as well hidden in these movies it's uh you know the first couple of movies was very good at that little blend between them falling asleep and waking them up but uh you're kind of used to that by the time we get to this movie so you know you're, you're kind of like a step ahead whenever this starts to happen now um the bed that he's on the water bed you know starts to move and uh you know he pulls the covers back and the swimsuit model that was on his poster is naked swimming in the water inside the bed and next thing Freddy jumps out of the water bed and uh, pulls Joey in to drown him Joey screams again just the same way Kincaid did for Kristen to help him but Freddy stabs, kills him this is all very swiftly at the beginning of the movie like, you know, the kids that survived the previous movie don't really last that long in this movie bar Kristen, she lasts the longest out of them. School the next day, Kristen panics when she notices that Joey and Kincaid are missing. And she accidentally knocks herself out. And uh, as Rick, you know, her boyfriend's trying to calm her down, she pulls away from him, falls back under the wall, knocks herself out. Um, she wakes up in the, the medical bay of the school. And uh, Kristen feels guilty, but staying awake when she learns that Kincaid and Joey were found dead. Uh, there's a little sequence there while she's unconscious for the the nurse, and <laughs> it's it's Freddy in a dress with lipstick 
make up on the whole works, pretending to be the nurse, and then reveals it's him, and as he goes to get her, she wakes up in the real bed in the real uh, medical room and the school. So uh, at this point, Kristen, she's she's blaming herself in a major way about Kincaid and Joey. Uh, she later tells Rick, Alice, uh, and Alice's crush, Dan Jordan, played with Dan Hassel, about Freddie, and she vows to avenge Kincaid and Joey. Kristen realises that her mother has put sleeping pills in her dinner, and uh, your mother is... Still not believing her about the whole Freddy thing, and uh, you need to get some sleep. So she she actually drugs her own daughter during dinner with sleeping pills. Uh, she falls asleep, but uh, as she tries to run out of the dining room, she starts to dream, and Freddy overcomes her, attempts to repel him, and forces her back into his home. Like it's just, my notes aren't that clear right here because I was I was jotting down a whole load of stuff. As I was watching the movie, like I really need to take a little bit more time and uh, put these down a little bit better. My England isn't so good. Uh, yes, in the dream, Freddy's after again. The the nightmare world, I have to say, and Dream Warriors and uh, this one Dream Master is fantastic. The, the movie looks stunning for sort of budget that we have in this here have I even got the figures uh, Dream Master released 88 it grossed 49.4 million at the domestic box office on a budget of 6.2 million now, every movie that came out after Nightmare on Elm Street almost had an extra 2 million each time and uh, you can really see it in the effects in the last two movies and the the eventual defeat of Freddy in this movie is fairly disturbing to say the very least uh, so well done um, in the dream Freddy's after and turns out Kristen she's the last of the Elm Street children that are still alive the ones that were born to the people that originally killed Freddy and Freddy goads Kristen and who you know he wants to use her to summon more of her friends into the dreams she's the last victim that he has and when she's gone there's no more kids really for him to go after so he needs a connection to a new bunch of kids and he manages to do that through Kristen uh, you know she accidentally she tries not to do it but she calls Alice under a dream and Freddy knows okay this is a fresh batch of kids that I've got right now there's no more need for Kristen uh, the boiler and his boiler room the fire comes up on it and he grabs hold of Kristen and throws her into the boiler but before she dies Kristen gives Alice her dream power so there's a there's a blast of energy comes from Alice as she's dying or sorry Kristen as she's dying and it goes into Alice that's the, the power that she had to pull other people and their dreams Alice wakes up with a sense that something's wrong she gets a hold of Rick they go to Kristen's house when they get there they see that Kristen's bedroom is on fire and they get up in there they take a look in and she's on the bed the whole bed's in flames so uh, 
you know, this movie does a great job of more so than some of the rest of the movies of blending however the kids dive in the dream you get to see the, the real world consequence to the, the dream death and the real world, of course that's the whole point if you die in the dream, you die in the real world so uh, she gets thrown under the boiler in the dream and in the real world the bedroom had caught fire and you see her arm hanging off the side of the bed it's it's fairly uh, you know it's graphically done but not overboard like you don't see anything other than the hand you know you know you don't see the the main part of her body or face or anything like that there like it's just back in 88 everything was for the most part practical uh, and uh, you know it just gave a little bit more realism to those effects and uh, you know it's it's brittle enough first time um, later Alice falls asleep during class and she inadvertently brings her friend Sheila into the dream Freddy pops up of course again taking the place of the teacher at the front of the classroom uh, Sheila has bad asthma and uh, Freddy grabs a hold of her in the dream and, and you know do you want to kiss sort of a deal and uh, he you know grabs hold of her lips to lips and pretty much sucks her insides out and just the the body kind of squeezes in itself and he drops it back down on uh, the desk in the room uh, bearing in mind uh, this dream here uh, Alice and Sheila are the only two people in the class all the other students are there during the dream everything that Freddy's doing all these other kids are sitting as if they're listening to the teacher at the front of the room and uh, yes it's 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 unreal it's crazy the sequence in the movie and in the real world of course uh, Sheila is having a mad crazy asthma attack and eventually uh, Alice wakes up the whole classroom becomes aware of what's going on to Sheila but it's too late for her and uh, she had made this little device that was like a sonic sound machine if memory serves properly like it's uh, they set this up for something that was going to play big into the end of the movie and it kind of does uh, but uh, it's not so much that it left a permanent memory in my head because I literally only remembered about it now as we're talking about the movie but uh, anyway she dies and as Alice is trying to help her she gets knocked over by something that's completely invisible nobody else sees it she doesn't see it she gets knocked down out of the way and she finds this little device that Sheila had created um, I'm pretty sure I probably made a note of it somewhere at the end of this uh, I kind of need to have a better night's sleep before I start making notes this just does not make much sense whatsoever here so please forgive me but uh, hopefully this podcast is going to give you that little nudge to go and check it out yourself um, Sheila's gone Freddie makes it look like the asthma attack 
Rick starts to believe Alice, but uh, the following day he falls asleep in the bathroom at the school where an invisible Freddy attacks him, takes him into a dream. Uh, the, the bathroom cubicle kind of turns into a lift and he goes down all these different floors. He ends up in a martial arts dojo. Uh, Freddy is completely invisible. You don't see him and they have like a, a karate match between themselves and you know Freddy's like oh come on what sort of martial arts person are you you know like a, a master shouldn't need to use his eyes and for a moment or two Rick gets the upper hand on Freddy and he's punching and kicking and hitting Freddy and he manages to knock the the glove off Freddy's hand and it appears on the floor and he's like you know how are you gonna defeat me now without your weapon and uh, the glove levitates, stabs him in the stomach, killing him. Uh, with each death, Alice starts to realise that she's changing. And she starts to gain the abilities and the personalities of her dead friends. So, obviously, when she got the powers from Kristen in her first dream, she took on some of her personality as well. And with every death that Freddy's getting, she is also taking on the the personalities and the abilities of these people so you know she's from uh, Rick she's going to get the the ability to fight in a martial arts style um, she makes plans with Debbie and Dan to fight and kill Freddy together but when her father keeps her in she falls asleep and through Alice Freddy stalks Debbie and you know he's kind of using Alice's power to his own advantage and you know he's getting into a dream that Alice is having but he's kind of using that as a connection to get to Debbie and uh, it's fairly gruesome the way he takes her out uh, she's under the bodybuilding and she's under the, the garage outside her house and she's on the the wits bench and she's doing you know she's got the the barbell she's up and down with it and freddy appears and uh you know he starts pressing the bar down on top of her and she's trying to fight to push it back up again and freddy actually breaks both her arms at her elbows and as she gets up to run from him her two arms fall off and these two insect-like arms start to come out of her and she eventually turns into about 50 to 60 percent of her body at the end of this nightmare is an actual cockroach and uh, she's stuck in this room that's like a little box and there's all this glue in the floor you know obviously it's a giant roach motel and through the the hole behind her you can see the outside world and everything's moving about and this huge eye of Freddy Krueger comes up and he's like you know at this point in the movie series he's blasting the one-liners out steady and he's kind of like you know you check in but you never check out and he crushes the box and you see all this goo coming out of it so that's horror killed um, using Debbie's temper Alice tries to ram Freddy uh, the whole time she's in this nightmare 
Alice and uh, Dan are trying to get to Debbie's house to save her. But unknown to the two of them, they're actually inside a nightmare as well. And Freddy is looping them in a time loop to keep them from getting to her house. So they'll start off. Uh, she's running to Dan. They get into his van to get to Debbie's house. When they get there and she runs to the house and goes around the corner to go to the garage, she resets to the part where she was running across to the van to leave to go to her house. So that happens two or three times. They're stuck in this cycle, this time loop. And when they realise what's happening and it's too late and uh, they're driving up the road and they see Freddy standing in the middle of the street. And, you know, Debbie's dead now. She, now uh, Alice has her thick temper uh, she's angry and she's like I'm going to drive over him and she rams the van into him but it's like she collides with an invisible tree and uh, turns out in reality it is a tree injuring Dan and as Dan is rushed into the hospital Alice returns home and readies herself to join him and face Freddy uh, in a dream Alice rescues Dan from the operating table and the two find themselves in an old church uh, in reality Dan has been put to sleep on an operating table to get you know this injury sorted out and Dan gets injured in a dream which prompts his surgeons to wake him up in reality so he disappears awakes in the real world Alice is now left on her own to face Freddy and Freddy has the upper hand due to his experience of everything that's happened, you know, so everybody's, he's been defeated. At this point, this is the, the fourth film, so he's been defeated three times up to this point, a different way each time, so he's, he's getting a bit more experienced on how to try to get out of things. Um, he's got the upper hand of the experience, but, uh, she uses all the abilities that she has taken on from her friends' dream powers against them. And, uh, but, of course, Freddy again gets up her hand. And when he's about to win, Alice remembers the nursery rhyme called The Dream Master. That's where the title of this movie came from. There's a, a whole idea of this rhyme. Like, you know, we've got Freddy's rhyme. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. And there's another rhyme that... Uh, if you can remember it in the dream, if you recite it, you can take control of the dream. She recites it and she forces Freddy to face his own reflection, which causes the souls within him to revolt. Uh, it's, there's that little machine that I mentioned earlier on that Sheila had created. She uses that during the fight. It's like a sonic sort of a thing, uses sound waves. And she pulls like a power cable out of a wall and beefs that up and kind of pushes Freddy back of it but it's that's not a big enough plot point to even remember and of course you know I'm talking about a movie here an review and this is the second time I've brought it up but it's also the second time that I've surprised myself that I've actually remem remembered about it but that doesn't even play on it at the end of it like Freddy at one point pulls the jumper back you see all these little faces on his chest and stomach of the the souls that he has taken and uh, the 
the rhyme says you know Freddy you know you see your own reflection it'll kill you sort of a deal and all these souls that are inside him they for once get the upper hand on Freddy and they start to like pull themselves out of his body and uh, it's it's fairly graphic and the way that it's done like the, these arms these little small arms start to come out of a different part of Freddy's body and like they grab hold of you know things behind him and pull him tight to the wall and they eventually start ripping his body to shreds and this little hand was open that rips his jaw off his head and uh, as the head falls back uh, all the energy of these souls start to get out and you see all the happy smiley faces of all these children's souls that have escaped the hell that Freddy had them in and they fly out the window and Freddy falls to the floor dead um, they're all gone Freddy's nothing more but a hollow lifeless husk on the floor at the end of the sequence and then we you know cut to like months later Dan has recovered and him and Alice they're on a date and they're at a wishing well uh, Dan tosses a coin into the fountain and for a moment Alice sees Freddy's reflection in the water but it'd been a horror movie she ignores it after everything that she's been through she sees the reflection of Freddy Krueger in the water what does she do let's just continue on with life uh, Dan asks her what she wished for and last line of the movie uh, she doesn't tell him she's like if I tell you that's never going to come true and they walk off into the sunset and they live happily ever after probably not because we do indeed get uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street 5 and I can't recall if these two come back for that one but if it's anything like a connection between Dream Warriors and Dream Master they'll pop up at the first of the movie and get killed off because Freddy didn't get them in this one <laughs> so uh, great great movie the further these went on they I wouldn't say they got better the effects got a hell of a lot better uh, the cheesiness started to slip in there around about Nightmare on Elm Street 3 um, you know they started to really cash in on the celebrity status of Freddy Krueger and by the time they got to the Dream Master they were you know really really pushing the 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 humour with Freddy you know like the, the, the cheesy one liners like he was getting like that's what he was known for by the time he got to the end of these movies and you know in all fairness this movie for me I don't think it was just as good as the Dream Warriors like I, I have a I've got a soft spot for Dream Warriors I think that's a great great movie the Dream Master on the other hand it's the effects are a lot better there's a lot more uh, going on in it you know there's not so much waiting about for Freddy to turn up to torment someone like the the action is fairly steady throughout this movie but 
there's just something about the for me a horror movie is almost scarier if you don't see what's happening you know the more movies got graphic the more graphic they got the less scary they got for me you know they have a horror movie built something up and you know took you on a path where you know exactly what's happening but they don't actually properly show it to you and, you know i think that's the reason why uh jaws was such a scary movie because you very rarely seen the shark it was more the the thought of what was happening or what it would look like and the more for me the more you get to see what's happening the less scary it is you know if you let the storytelling take you to the point and let your own imagination the imagination of the viewer bold what's happening in their own heads instead of seeing it on the screen that to me would be a heck of a lot more scary because what the viewer will make up in their own heads is probably a hell of a lot scarier than anything you could ever put on screen but in saying that these days with effects being what they are you can put just about anything on screen but again as I say uh, the more you see the less scary it is anyway that's going to do it for this episode gosh we're going for the better part of a half hour here I didn't think it was that but there's a heck of a lot of stuff crammed in to this movie and you know for a film it's only 93 minutes long you know what you're getting in those 93 minutes is it's overload for the the eyes at times great great movie but uh, hard to say where it's at in my favourite movies in this franchise we might do that once we get to the end of them uh, I don't know or we'll, we'll just we'll see what happens we're just making it up as we go on. sorry about that uh, I've got a blocked nose right now we're just kind of making it up as we go warts and all it's what I'm best at is just having a good time with these movies and sharing that love with you guys so hope you enjoyed it uh if you did give me a little written review uh share the podcast on tell all your friends about this big agent in ireland that likes pop culture <laughs> check out the website coinsagemedia.com for everything else that i'm doing guys stay safe and i'll talk to you in the next episode this has been a production of coins age media Thank you so much for listening.